Kyle's texting. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Humming Fools, a fortnightly (laughs) podcast and amateur auditory guide hosted by nobodies and dedicated to the artists, dreamers, or anyone out there with the creative urge. I am one of your nobodies, Kyle Stuke, and I was not texting. And I am joined by my co-host, Noah (laughs) Bosley. Noah, how are you? I am doing well, all things considered. Yes. If you're a time traveler who, you know, the first thing you decided to do when you ta- traveled back in time was listen to an episode listen of a random podcast, uh, <laughs> the coronavirus, this is where this is where you are. This is the year. Uh, so that's, uh, that's why Noah is talking about what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, folks, first off, we'll get a little bit more into uh, the apology later. But first off, just want to say sorry for being gone for so long. Uh, we've been inconsistent and we are still alive as you can hear and maybe see depending on, you know, how you consume media, but uh, we're back. Anyway, just some quick housekeeping before Noah tells you uh, what this episode's going to be about and what we do. Um, again, I just want to acknowledge that we don't have a final setup we're trying to figure out how to do remote stuff remote recording it turned out okay last time i was wordy worried but most of y'all said that it wasn't too bad um and then uh just want to let you know that again we try to do a new episodes usually around tuesdays again we'll talk more about that later but uh, and yeah, finally, you can check out us as well on Instagram, our website, ominous.media. And then also you can subscribe to our newsletter, which you can do on our website. And uh, don't forget to tell peeps about the show if you like it and uh, share share the love. Um, speaking of sharing the love, Noah, can you uh, go ahead and tell our beautiful, attractive, considerate, mm. other adjective listeners what we're going to be talking about today? Well, today is kind of a weird day, I guess. We're going to be kind of doing a little bit of catch-up, a little bit of what we've been into since, I mean, this has been the time for the media consumption, and I think everyone's been kind of doing that a lot more. And so we'll we'll jump on that and uh, talk about what we've been working on. Uh, and yeah, just uh, kind of some... Uh, little updates fantastic well we will not keep the good people waiting except for this intro music you do have to listen to that but listen to the Ah. intro music and then you can hear all about it on humming fools Welcome to the new episode. Let's jump into it. I'm calling this the update portion. So as you heard in the beginning, I was apologizing. Now, I'm not one of those people who always says I'm sorry. I actually have a lot of friends who do that, and I try to I try to scold them in a nice way. And then they usually say <laughs> I'm sorry afterwards. And I'm like, no, yeah. stop it. Stop saying I'm sorry. 
<laughs> I'm sorry I've disappointed you. There's things that you should legitimately be sorry for, and then there's other things in this life that have no reason for apologies to be given. So, but there are there is a reason for apologies to be given. Uh, again, we have not been consistent with our uploading schedule. We've not been consistent with communication on Instagram or even the newsletter, which was meant to combat this problem. And then I just <laughs> d- dropped off. Um, part of it's the coronavirus and just the inconvenience that that has added on to how we do things, how anyone does anything. Um, random. This isn't even important, but you know, hey, we're here. Let's talk about it. I was at Liquor World. And um, I was obviously buying some alcohol. I wasn't there for snacks or something. I was getting alcohol. And um, I thought you went there to meet people. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's a great place to, to meet friends. <laughs> um, strangers of the night. But uh, yeah, I had my stuff and I, that's, that's right. I met you at the, in the, the vodka section. <laughs> it was a particularly rough night. Um <clears throat> And uh, I went up to the the counter, but the counter had this weird like barrier in front of it. And Did later, it have, like the the plexiglass and all. That yeah, stuff? exactly. And that was the yeah. first time I saw it, and so my brain didn't even register. So I just thought it meant it was closed. And so I like turned <laughs> and like awkwardly walked away. And the guy's like, "No, I can get you." And I was like, "But there's a thing," and I awkwardly pointed at it. <laughs> and he was like, "Yeah." you idiot. (laughs) Um, And so anyway, everyone's been making adjustments. Um, I also, I'm, this is a random rant. I have not been a fan of uh, the masks. Obviously it's good to wear them. You should. And I get annoyed Mm. when I, whenever I have to go out, I try to do delivery and pick up and stuff. But when I have had to go out, I get really annoyed when I see like when I'm in a store, like for groceries and I see tons of people not wearing masks and not, Staying the whole family's away from each out, other. out for a stroll. And, yeah, yeah. and I'm just like, what are y'all doing? Like, I'm a butthole even being here, but at least I'm trying to, like, trying to be safe. But with my mask and my glasses, it fogs up, especially when mm. you're carrying or pushing groceries. And so I can't yeah. see. It's terrible. <laughs> all, all That big, long rant was just to say that we're all adjusting. But um, nonetheless, we could have done a better job communicating or setting expectations for um, the future. And so that's what we just wanted to do with this episode. Um, it feels weird to be like, our update is to just be prepared for anything, but that's <laughs> yeah. kind of the truth. Uh, Noah and I even, you know, kind of hinted at moving towards this a while ago, but um, it's, let me, let me start by saying, I kind of not the the show's not going to take a new direction or anything, so don't get afraid. If you're like, no, I like how Humming Fools is, but um, I have had a desire to talk to different type types of artists and mm-hmm. um, also talk to you know people who have had more experience, um, and that takes a lot more work, communication, and whatever. And so I've, I've consistently been like, I want to have a dancer on the show, I want to have a model, and sometimes you don't yeah. have those types of people ready at your disposal. And that's been a lot of what Humming Fools is, is just people through the grapevine. Kyle, I have plenty of models at my disposal. (laughs) Models who are humans. Obviously, your pets are very uh good looking. Okay. You didn't specify. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sorry. I mean, I'll talk to Smokey any day, but I doubt our (laughs) listeners want to hear like (laughs) a purr and then me ask a question. He's very vocal. Yeah, Yeah, he is. He's a vocal (laughs) kitty. Um. 
But all to say, it's like, I, I have a little, like, I'm very self-aware and sometimes too self-aware, but I think about the show and I go, I don't want it just to be the, you know, the graphic designer show or the writer show or the photographer yeah. show. You know, it's like, I want their, I want everyone to feel included at some point, um, even though art transcends, you know, you know, the medium that you choose. But anywho, and so... All that to say, I think there was a lot of stress on my part, you know, when we were sticking to the weekly and then even changing to the bi-weekly. It's like we gotta get an episode out. Who are we gonna mm-hmm. who are we gonna do or what are we gonna talk about? Um, not who are we gonna do, who are we gonna have, who are we gonna do is uh something that Noah and I talked about oh. at Liquor World. Oh yeah. <laughs> Ghostbusters. <laughs> who are you gonna do? Who are you gonna do? <laughs> Myself. <laughs> All right, no, <laughs> it's Corona, baby. Um, anyway, sorry. Um, anyway, and so basically, uh, with Humming Fools, I I'd rather us not have that pressure because that's not going to lead to um, as good as of quality if we're just kind of no. doing it for doing its sake. And yes. so that's terrible from a marketing standpoint, from an SEO standpoint. And I think like that's where some of the anxiety came is I was transferring how I think at work and how I know that a business quote unquote should run and all that stuff. Yeah. And that's all good. But at the end of the day, it's like you and I do this for fun. And if it ever it becomes in jeopardy of losing that, then that's no bueno. And I don't think the answer yeah. is stopping. I think the answer is adjusting to expectations. And so um, I don't mean to rant about this for too long, but I know that in my mind I was like, okay, well, like if we want bigger numbers, if we want more exposure, if we want all these things, yeah. these are the kind of things we need to commit to. And I think that ultimately I'm realizing that while that stuff is good and valuable and it is practical, um, it's not able to coexist currently as a side gig. Yes. Um, yes. And that's where that frustration comes from. And I've kind of realized, oh, like all the stuff that I want to do is good and valuable, but it takes a lot of work. And especially on the side for, you know, one person to do, it's just a little bit too much. And so again, ultimately, what is Humming Fools? Humming Fools is you and I, Noah, having yeah. fun conversations and then also having those conversations with other cool creators. And so the show can still exist if it is less consistent and if it isn't every week, um, because ultimately the, the, the goal is to celebrate art and talk with cool people. Yes. And, and part of it too, is that we're, again, this is a growing process and that's, you know, selfishly part of the reason why we're doing this show is because we're, becoming better people by talking to other people, by learning, by doing all these things. And uh, there's something to be said about, you know, if you're going to put all your eggs in that basket and really push for it, then yeah, you're going to have to do all the stuff that sucks that comes along with it for it to be successful. But at the same time, like you said, you know, this is the the side gig and it started out as, hey, we're going to do this for fun. If it stops being fun, then we got to adjust. And so that that's kind of what it was. And, you know, at the beginning of the show, we were talking about like, oh, yeah, we're doing all these things and it's hard, but that's part of it. And then, you know, now we're at this point where we're like, eh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's fine. You know, you, you don't have to do it. Um, and really, yeah, you just have to kind of think about what the end goal is. And I think the end goal here was never like, 
this is going to need to get as popular as it can possibly be. Obviously, that would be amazing, but that wasn't the core of it. And so, um, anyway, and we've talked about this multiple times too, but uh, it's just, I think it's good. I I like it when other people say things like this that kind of affirm me where I'm like, yeah, you know what? I, I can do this on my own time. I can, I, you know, it doesn't have to, to be hard. It doesn't have to be forced. And so I just thought it'd be a good reminder. Absolutely. You hit the nail on the head, my friend. Um, I think a lot about the show, again, in terms of like a narrative, because that's my brain. And I think that's what's so cool is that if you and I had our memories wiped and then we listen to the first episode and we listen to this one now, it's like, obviously it's not like an amazing story, but, but you would see, you'd see change, you'd see growth, yeah. you'd see all these different things. And so I think for our listeners, that's a big thing too, is that it's like this whole thing's a process to where again, like 150 episodes from now, it could be like, no, and I are millionaires now. <laughs> Smash that subscribe button. Hopefully we never become douches, but it could happen. Yeah. And that's what's great is if we do become douches, you'll be able to see the change. That's no. right. The growth. The character And do the typical thing like, man, no one Kyle used to be cool back in the day. Yeah. Now they suck. They yeah, sold I out, hope, man. I, I hope someone can say that about me someday. Yeah, same. <laughs> he used to be cool. Yeah. <laughs> But that's the thing that's, again, in thinking about the show, I, I kind of was realizing, I was like, what have I gotten from it? What, what, what has been good about it? Again, in doing this constant, like, gauging of what's the things in my life. I think about them a lot. I go, is this thing working? Is it not working? I do it with everything. And so I was thinking about Humming Fools. And then it was just really cool because I was on my phone, which normally I don't celebrate, but I was on my phone and I was getting messages from the past artists and we were just talking about stuff and I was Mm. like you know what I know so many more people now than I did at the beginning and that was an original goal of Humming Fools was for sure to make friends because you know I was still newer in Fayetteville and um, obviously you had, you had been in Silo more but you don't you're not in Fayetteville as much and we're wanting to connect with more artists and it's it was cool to just be like, oh, like my dream kind of came true where I saw these cool people, wanted to talk to them, mm-hmm. had a platform where I felt <clears throat> comfortable asking them to talk to me right. and then was able to like become friends with them. And now I'm able to not necessarily collaborate because I don't really do that a ton with like other people except for you, but collaborate yeah. in the sense of like if they needed something like a, bit, like a headshot or something because they wanted to illustrate it. I can send it to them because I'm like, oh, I know that person. I love them. Uh, or they're like, oh, I know you would like this. Or, hey, can you review my writing? It just it has completely opened up my world, and I'm a glutton for it. I want more. And yes. so um, it's cool to just look at my Instagram stories and see all the new faces that are consistent now that I love mm. and actually know. And I'm not just a fan. I'm a, I'm a participant and a friend. So I love it. Um, I love you. Um, oh. So anyway, this this, this kind of makes it sound like being like, all right, an episode once a year, and that's definitely <laughs> not the case. Um, and honestly, I'm I'm hoping that the communication from now on gets stronger and all this stuff. But I think really what I'm saying is just asking for patience and also laying again the the expectations down and saying like 
you and I are doing our best and we're going to try to meet that level. But at the same time, um, I personally am not going to, you know, let some of those things that I normally worried about weigh on me anymore because ultimately um, it's just the, the conversations that matter to me. And I think the other missing piece that I forgot to say is that especially with wanting to be a writer, I've realized I've, I need to do a lot more hustle in that regard yeah. and in pers- personal development than I'd need to do for this show. Mm-hmm. And so I think a lot of the work that I was doing beforehand was for us as a unit and for the show. And I think that's still good, but I also need to do it personally for myself um, in my writing, in looking at publishers and looking at submitting. I need to do that. And I, can't do both and I have to selfishly choose myself and my yeah. <laughs> and my what I want to do right now in the moment or the stuff that you and I are working on together that needs to take precedent over getting on Instagram and you right. know doing stuff or like ads or you uh-huh. know any of that thing. So just to again give some perspective to our listeners why there's gonna be a little bit of drop in that sort of stuff. I don't know. Yep. Yeah, I think that's all good. Thank you. Feel affirmed. All right. So transitioning from that very long um, update about stuff. Um, Noah, tell us what you've been putting in your mouth, putting in your ears, putting in your eyes, baby. What have you been consuming? What have you been up to, baby? Right. Mama Hot Pie. <laughs> um, home cooking for the first one. Ooh. Because that's... Basically, I mean, I guess we, we've been getting some takeout, but mostly home cooking. Um, for my eyes, okay, so I haven't watched... Well, you a, can't just say home cooking and then not tell us what you've been cooking. Lay down those dishes, baby. <laughs> uh, tortellini. Nice. Um, tacos. Okay. Uh, what else? That's it. Tortellini and tacos. <laughs> Home cooking, baby. Sugar. Uh, and variations of those. I've been, oh, I uh, for a while I was making my own granola um, from scratch. Oh. And How I, does one make granola? Uh, oats, nuts, um, brown sugar. If you can add, I mean, you can really add anything you want, but... Uh, I like a little bit of maple syrup and honey and you mix it all together, put it in the oven and then it comes out crunchy and I add, Noah, I add sea salt chocolate chips to it. It's delicious. Um, our listeners are quite gullible. So when you say that you can add anything, I don't think that that's true <laughs> or right. safe because I could add soy sauce. That's, is that what you're telling me? If I add soy sauce to your recipe, I'm going to get really good granola. No, that's ridiculous. I meant bleach. <laughs> okay, make Mr. It, President. Make it white. <laughs> um, no, bro, that sounds delicious. That no, sounds it's, awesome. It is Good delicious. For and for a while I uh did that and then I stopped making it just because I had to make it every week and it does take a while. Um I make it once a week. But then recently I've gotten back into making it and then I really like oat milk, so I've been making oat milk from scratch, and that's a ton of fun too. Um actually really easy. It's really just oats and water. Um, so, oh. yeah, pretty cool. You don't squeeze the nipples of the oats? <laughs> a little bit. 
if you're okay, into it. Good. Yeah. That sounds fun. I mean, I am. Yeah, you have to ask first, but yeah. <laughs> you have to have consent from the, the, from oats, the oats to squeeze their nipples. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, yeah, so I've gotten back into making granola and then started making oat milk from scratch. And that's been nice because I don't have to go to the store other than, you know, I get my grocery deliveries for my ingredients and then that's it. I don't have to keep buying the stuff. The, um, yeah, the actual oat milk, which is quite expensive and hard to find. Yeah. So anyway, uh, two important questions. Mm. First off, do you wear an apron while cooking? Only an apron. <laughs> oh, <ooh. laughs> nice. I bet you I don't wear that. I wear it on my back. <laughs> <laughs> so that people like, coming okay. behind me can't see me naked. I like it. <laughs> can't sneak up on That's you. Right. Um, He's not wearing an apron. <laughs> yes, I am. Uh, surprise. Uh, second question. Are your oats uh, fair trade? <laughs> no. You well, must. they might be. I have no idea. But I don't want to say okay. yes in case I'm lying. So, If you um, are at a uh, market... And um, you are, you know, I wasn't prepared for a... this line of questioning, by the way. So. <laughs> no, this is a hypothetical situation, so you don't have to answer the question. I'm just doing a dumb bit. If you're at the market and you're talking to a vendor yeah. and you buy something and you're both satisfied with the price, is what you bought technically fair trade? <laughs> Could you say like, hey, I got, I got this I got person fair, fair trade, trade, bro. <laughs> he was happy with the price. I was happy with the price. It's fair trade. <laughs> like, do you have to define fair trade every time that you claim something is fair trade? <laughs> exactly. Like, that's a marketing thing. Like, if you put fair trade, because it yeah. just means that both parties were satisfied <laughs> with the exchange. There's a little asterisk <laughs> at the end there, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry for being stupid, but please continue uh, telling me about what you've been putting in your, your eyes and your ears and your mouth. All right. Well, holes. that's it for the mouth, um, and please don't apologize. We've been over this. Oh, that's um, right. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh. Stop it. <laughs> um, my eyes. I haven't been watching that much stuff. Well, that many different things. I've been watching a lot of stuff, but it's mostly been... Uh, so the first one I went through was Tiger King. Had to do nice. it. Jumped on it. Was it it worth it? I have not jumped on the furry train yet. Um, Was it it a satisfactory journey? It's uh, delectable. Okay, uh, nice. It's (laughs) it's the most only in America show that I've ever seen. (laughs) Like, yeah, no, I mean, and it is like you know, (laughs) Oklahoma and Florida are heavily featured, and it's like, yep. Oh boy. (laughs) (laughs) Um. No, I loved it. It's so ridiculous and everyone's just awful and uh, it's just, yeah, it's a a crazy show. But the thing that made it super unique other than the subject matter was that the documentary starts out with this guy wanting to uh, report on a guy who deals in exotic uh, reptiles and snakes. He's a snake dealer. This random Mm. dude... Um, I forget where. And then from there, the uh, the guy who did the documentary stumbles on the world of big cats and big cat breeding. And so okay. the documentary writes itself as they're shooting this. 
And so they wow. don't even know what's going to happen next. They're just like, okay, we're along for the ride and stuff just gets insane. And it's just like, these people are so crazy and petty and like out of their minds um, and delusional. It's just, yeah, it's a, it's a fun ride <clears throat> for sure. Nice. Yeah. This is just a random thought, but it's like there, when documentaries um, feature very eccentric and like, like, just people who are doing insane things, insane and, and, and just, you know, just are ridiculous. Yeah. I always, like, I just had the realization the other day, I'm like, are all these people narcissists or what? Because, like, why would you let someone yes. film you? Like, do you not have self-awareness of oh. how crazy you're coming across? I mean, to that point, <laughs> the main guy, the main who's featured, Joe Exotic, the reason they have so much footage of him is because he's been filming himself for the last like 50 years. <laughs> like, Oh my gosh. He okay. always, his zoo, he always had a camera crew follow him around like 24 seven. So everything <laughs> has footage of it. It's crazy. Um, but on top of that, on top of that footage, this other guy comes in and is making this documentary. And so there's just like all this footage is like interlaced and you get to see every single point of view. And it's just, it's crazy. I've never seen anything like it, but I love the, I love the format. Okay, cool. Well, I will probably check it out now because um, there's a lot of Netflix documentaries that obviously blow up and yeah. I, I haven't watched any of them because I'm always just a little bit skeptical, um, but I trust your opinion. And so I'll check it out. Yeah. Um, I did that and then uh Ozark has been my yeah, my, boy. Cur- my current show. I have one episode left and I can't wait to uh, stop talking to uh, you. Season two or season three? Three. Oh, okay, nice. Dane, yeah, yeah, you've been working through it, baby. Yeah, I uh I got caught up and oh man. It's messing me up. <laughs> <laughs> I I think the Ugh. last time I was like this heavily affected by a show was probably Breaking Bad. But it's like at that level of just like, well, first of all, the acting is unbelievable, especially in this mm-hmm. third season. Like they pull it out. It's pretty crazy. And with new characters and everything and, you know, the issues of mental illness and all that stuff, I was just like, oh, man, this is I was I was watch I finished or I got caught up last night and I was so close to watching the last episode and I was like I can't do it like after the <laughs> end of that second to last one I was like I need to let this settle because it's, it's oh too yeah much. that one is devastating <laughs> oh but um, amazing writing uh, amazing acting it, the the whole show feels fresh even though it's a combination of my favorite shows there's you know mm-hmm. there's breaking bad there's some true detective in there there's all sorts of narcos i haven't seen narcos but i know that you know there's like all these oh, elements yeah. um and it could so easily have been formulaic but the fact that you know it's in the ozarks first of all i was like yeah this is already interesting to me um, mm-hmm. I want to see what they do with that. And that's gotten to be kind of a popular setting. I mean, True Detective, mm-hmm. again, like that that's what they did for their their third season. And so, um, yeah, it's just, oh, I love it. Um, um, I want yeah. to jump in really quick do and it. join you on Ozark because you're absolutely right. Um, just to, to talk about the Ozarks themselves, uh, my friend and listener, Calvin, who I love. Hello, Calvin. 
um, he kind of mentioned how, like what makes like it fun is that it's like, you know, like we know this area, um, yeah. and you know, my family's in, uh, Missouri. And so I've seen a lot of the Ozarks and obviously we live in Arkansas, so we get that taste too, but it's just, there's a familiarity with the show where yes. I'm like, yeah, these I are real people. people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah, because it's, because it's not normally featured. I think it, it, it makes an important statement just by shooting there by saying people are awful and interesting yep. and hilarious complicated. and complicated and commit crimes everywhere. Yes. And so it's not going to just be New York city. This happens in the freaking Ozarks yeah. with some people who you're like, wow, you're dumb. And other people you're like, you're scary, but yeah. you're a different kind of scary than I'm used to. Seeing. Exactly. And you're like, um, you're all awful <laughs> for different reasons and you're all great for different reasons. And, mm-hmm. um, and even just the premise of the show, uh, you know, it's like, it's a show about drugs kind of, but you almost never see any of the drugs. Like it's all yeah. like the back end of it, which I love. Like you never, I never seen that before in the show. It's all the accounting side of yeah. the drug trade, which is really yeah. interesting. <laughs> which it doesn't sound sexy, but when you watch it, you're like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, show me the numbers, baby. <laughs> yeah. It's just, oh, it's so good. Um, Yeah. I'm glad you brought it up. I love it too. Um, And you're going to, I, I really let me know once you finish the the last episode because the last episode has one of the best endings to a, oh. a season I've ever <laughs> like I I loved it so much. Um, oh man! And my sister like had watched it um, all before me and she just kept being like, "You gotta watch Ozark! You gotta watch Ozark!" And I was like, "I will! I will!" I'm just not in the mood. I'm kind of busy. Uh, and after I watched the first episode, I was like you, where it made me like lose a lot of sleep because I you can't finish an episode and not want to watch the next one. They yes. did such a great job where I'd be like, okay, I'm only going to watch one. And then after the like the last five minutes of the episode, you're like, well, I got to see it. I need to know yeah. what happens next. <laughs> yep. Um. So, and the last thing I'll just say is I, ha- I have heard some people, um, I've had some friends critique it and say they couldn't really get into it. And I think that it gets compared to Breaking Bad a lot, but I think the show is not concerned with some of the things that Breaking Bad was concerned with. Yeah. I won't get into specifics, but they're, they're, they're different animals. Their subject matter is similar. Their protagonist's journey is somewhat similar. But at the end of the day, Ozark has a very specific lens, a very specific voice. And yes. So I think if you as a viewer are interested in certain things, you might get put to the side because the show doesn't necessarily have time or interest in doing certain things. It yeah. wants to do its own thing. And it does it really well. Yeah. Um, so it's definitely not for everyone, but um, I'm glad you like it. I love it as well. And I'm excited for you to finish it. And also, again, the mental health aspect, oh my gosh, like came out of nowhere this yeah. season and um, was just handled so well and made me cry. And was and, like ugh. so frustrating, which is like, you know, that's how it is. But, you know, mm-hmm. as like, just as a viewer, I felt like, this was happening to me and the things, Mm -hmm. you know, this certain character would be doing. I was like, stop doing this to me. Like I'm trying to help (laughs) you. (laughs) And it was just like, Oh man, that just felt so, it felt so real. All the characters feel like real people. Um, And the, the tone of the show and the mood, I feel like is very unique. Like it's just, Mm -hmm. it has a certain atmosphere to it that you're like, oh, that's that's Ozark. That's this show. 
Um, yeah. It has a really good brand and, and identity that it figured out right away um, and kind of sticks with. So I, I like something that. I realized is that um, there was like a quiet moment and then the, the soundtrack came in and then I, I it just in that moment it's after three seasons, I went a Ozark has a really good score and a real good theme. Yeah. And then B it has the theme of a horror movie. Yeah. Like when I thought about it, like what instruments are being used, I was like, this is a modern, this is like hereditary. This is hereditary and Midsommar's soundtrack. Yeah. And I was like, that's so cool. Like uh-huh. what they're able, like that. I, if I heard that string, I would be like, oh, that's the Ozark. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like absolutely. Star Wars. It has its own theme. Um, it's really cool. There's just so and much um, passion put into every aspect of the of the show. It's also very well. Uh, the music is very well paced. Um, it reminded me a lot of uh, some movies will do this. A lot of the, the Coen brothers movies will do this or like Bone Tomahawk. But when the music mm. hits you don't realize that there hasn't been any music up to that point because you're so into the scenes that, you know, they just know exactly when to use it. And then it comes in, you're like, Oh man, music, like this is like elevating this next scene, um, in a different way. But yeah, they're, they're really good at that. Yeah, absolutely. What else? Um, trying to think i think that's it for my uh my eyes um my ears just been listening to i don't know <laughs> <laughs> that's fine you don't have to you don't have to have anything it's just been my my music. regular playlist variety um haven't really, you know, tried to discover anything new. It's just been very comfortable listening, I would say. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. you just got to stick with what you know. Yeah. Christopher um, Columbus. Okay. <laughs> Your butthole. Yeah. Um, and then that's it. Reading. I haven't done as much reading as I would like. Um, I'm still reading Blood Meridian. Oh I, I know it gets. This old. is the thing. If we if we wiped uh, our memories, and then I I as a listener, I'd be like, freaking Noah and Blood Meridian. He needs to read another book. I know. <laughs> but um, well, I'm also kind of jealous. I wish I had that relationship with a book. I really am kind of more of a one and done kind of guy. There's some that I go I, back to, but I usually am that way too. Uh, there's just something about the the prose in it that that draws me back into it. Where I'm like, I feel like I'm learning. I'm becoming a better writer just by reading this. Um, and also like it, it is, you know, my like third or fourth time reading it, but I'm also being really slow on this time around. So it's like, mm. I just want to get it done so I can do new things, but yep, that's about it on my end. The way that you worded that, that you just want to get other things done, makes me suspicious that the book has some sort of supernatural hold and like, yeah. horror. Just it's like, you're like, oh, else, please, please <laughs> let me go. The book's like, read me, daddy. <laughs> no. That is how um, it is, yeah. Nice. Uh, for me, again, Ozarks. Um, so we overlapped there. Um, quickly, I, t- I told this to you. Um, I checked out. Uh, the show Dave, which is uh, created by uh, the rapper Little Dicky, and I had the lowest expectations for it. 
Um, but it actually turned out to be quite a pleasant and fun surprise. And so you can watch it on Hulu. It just follows a uh, fictionalized version of Little Dicky, obviously with a lot of truth thrown in there. And mm-hmm. uh, if you're unfamiliar with the rapper and anything, you might go, wow, this this show sounds dumb or crass. And while that's there... Um, or if you're uh, familiar really, with the rapper, you might think those things too. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, uh, you might think that it's just kind of like, I don't know, like sometimes you see those animated shows that just come up and they're just like swear words, yeah, uh, sex just jokes, shock uh, value, yeah. Yeah, and that, that's not at all um, what uh, uh, Dave is about. And it's just, it is just kind of his eccentric personality Um kind of paired with like an uh, Atlanta style where it's just kind of somewhat showing the process of trying to get music produced and uh, Mm. to get to stardom while also having, you know, side characters get episodes dedicated to them. Uh, But uh, with a much more light tone, uh, a lighter tone than Atlanta, but it's very, again, it was surprisingly sweet. This is a trend I've been seeing in some shows where they show um, healthy friendships and, uh, healthy masculinity Mm. and they have characters addressed like hey man that's kind of like gay or something you have the main characters and their friends be like nah it's cool we're comfortable and you're 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 bigoted you know (laughs) and so like the main characters like they uh little dicky he he takes a bath with his best friend and his best friend is like putting like acne ointment on his back and he's like have you been eating cheese and he's like yeah, and he's like, we've been making so much progress. Like, stop eating cheese. And he's like, I'm not liking the way like these like, these certain marks are looking. He's like, he's so familiar with his friend's back. <laughs> I just love that closeness of a relationship where it's like they're just naked in a tub together, and he's they're worried about their pet project, which is his acne on his back. <laughs> um, and there's just lots of fun, charming aspects. And sticking with the mental health, they they also have a like uh, Ozark have a character who suffers from bipolar disorder. Mm-hmm. And um, again, they, they address it in a very real way and then are also to be, are able to be funny and then also have characters like come alongside this character and embrace them. But it's not just like a sweet package too. It's like it pops up later in the show and it's not fixed quote unquote. It's <laughs> yeah. part of the character. Mm. Um, and it's just, it, again, I was, I think it was because I was like, not expecting it that I was so charmed, but um, if you don't mind a somewhat raunchy comedy, uh, I'd say check it out. It's really not that bad, but I'm also dead inside, and so it's hard <laughs> for me to gauge what other people <laughs> do or don't uh, uh. consume. Um, and then really quick, the other two things I've been watching is um, there's a show called What We Do in the Shadows. It's based off a oh, movie yeah. called What We Do in the Shadows, which was created by Jermaine Clement from Fly of the Concords and Taiki Watiti from Jojo Rabbit, um, Thor Ragnarok. Um, and the premise is basically kind of a mockumentary following um, vampires living in a flat together. And so mm-hmm. the show is the same premise, except for it's not in New Zealand, it's in Staten Island. Um, and again, if you like dry humor... Um, if you're into the aesthetic of horror, not necessarily like scary, but like you like monsters and you would enjoy like meta jokes about that or seeing what does a, how does a vampire get into a club when he has to be invited in uh-huh. or just dumb stuff like that. Um, I'd recommend it. The show does not drop the ball at all. Like the quality is on par with that of the movie. And mm. so 
There's no level of cheapness. They show them constantly turning into bats. They do the goofy floating effect when they fly. <laughs> um, they have werewolves. They have, you know, full, full costume vampires. And it's just really funny. And I've been sending people lots of, like, clips from the show because it's con- been consistently making me laugh. Um, so that's another one I would recommend also on Hulu. I, uh, and then f- I oh, never did. <clears throat> I never did see the movie. But uh, which I really I still need to and want to, but yeah, <laughs> but there's a line from it that I kept seeing that made me laugh every time is when the guy's like, Guys, we're werewolves, not swear wolves, yeah, <laughs> like telling his <laughs> friends to stop swearing. <laughs> yeah. I don't know it's- why I just found that so funny. Yeah, like the, the show like has like a, a dark sense of humor and the fact that like you're following these vampires who occasionally like eat people and uh-huh. it's like a joke. But then also sometimes it's very sweet and that is an aspect of that's transitioned over to the show is the like the feud between the vampires and the the werewolves and then the werewolves are like very like chill, <laughs> like trying to like be proper and stuff. And so, um, yeah, it's... It's it's that kind of humor is funny, and I agree that line is fantastic. Um, <laughs> I, I forget the actor's name too, but he especially sells it. He's an old Fly of the Concords yeah. guy as well. So, um, and then the the other show um, that I finally started watching, which everyone else was really into a while back, was Chernobyl mm. um, from HBO. And I've been watching that with my roommate, and we've been just cringing by how like dumb people were uh-huh. you know i know it's not like fact for fact but it, it, you know it seems like a pretty you know accurate retelling of the situation but you're just like tell people what you did because like right at the beginning it's like nothing's wrong it's yeah. fine yeah, like yeah, very yeah. russian like we will be fine it's totally <laughs> fine and then as someone's saying it they like start vomiting <laughs> from radiation because <laughs> they're still <laughs> standing right next to it and uh-huh. it's just insane but then also like just the horror of like what this did to people and then the like tension of all the problems that could have happened if they had not fixed certain things. No. It's amazing. I admit that while I thought the show looked really good, I was like, eh, this is going to be boring. It's going to be like at the very beginning, like, oh no, radiation. And then just like people talking, we should fix this radiation. Uh It's totally not though. And, uh, it makes sense too because I saw an essay on YouTube. It said how Chernobyl um, captures horror like nothing else, and I was like, Chernobyl's not horror, you silly. <laughs> Shut video up! Essay. You don't know what you're talking about. You don't know. And then again, watching the show, Funk and I, my roommate, were just like, "Oh my god!" Like, just it's awful. It's mm. so awful um, in the best way possible. So mm. I have not finished it yet, but I'm excited to subject myself to more terribleness. I love it. Um, yeah, I haven't checked that one out yet, but I, I want to. It's funny because when getting ready for this episode, I was like, man, I haven't really watched that much. And I just started making a list of everything I watched. And I was like, oh, I've watched a lot of television. <laughs> <laughs> Not really movies, but yeah. I have, I've gone through quite a bit of shows. Mm. Um, just really quick for reading. Um, again, being a dirty little horror slut, I've been uh, just reading horror books. <laughs> so... <laughs> I really need to uh, go to a different genre because even I'm sick of myself just telling people that that's all I read and watch. But um, two books uh, I finished reading. One is The Fisherman by John Langan, which is very 
exciting because we're actually going to have him on next week uh, for an mm-hmm. interview, uh, which is, again, so cool and rare to be like, oh, I like bought this book and I'm reading it and then out of just blind ambition go, will you talk to me? And then the person goes, yes. <laughs> and you're like, I get to ask you all the nerdy questions that I was thinking while I was reading the book. Yes. Fantastic. So look forward to that next week. Um, and then the second one, which I forgot to tell you about Noah, when we just had our fun friendship catch up, <sighs> stare at each other's faces time last week, mm. um, is I've been reading annihilation. Oh, the book, um, the book. Yes. Um, I forget the author's name, but maybe audience, you remember that the movie came out with Natalie Portman a couple years ago and Noah and I were quite fond of it. Um, and so I've always wanted to read the books ever since because I heard that they have even more levels of weirdness. Um, and I'm kind of regretting and enjoying it at the same time because the book makes me angry at the movie every second I read it. Really? Because <laughs> there's so much cool stuff they left out and there's so much uh... dumb stuff they added <laughs> where... There's aspects of the movie I didn't like, but overall I really loved it. And now I'm like, I'm less fond of the movie because I feel like they could have stuck closer to the book and kept what was awesome about the movie, but then also had all these other cool things. Um, And so, no, I definitely recommend it to you. um, Since you like the movie, you should check out the book because it hurts your brain in like the best science fiction horror way possible where you're just like that's so weird and that's so funny because it's such a uh uh sensory movie like it really engages senses other than you know what you think that you'd be able to read in a book um Mm -hmm. like the 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 sound design and the the visual elements yeah and like the all the effects um that they do for certain, you know, visual things. It's just, yeah. Uh, I, I'd been seeing people were saying that the book had so much more in it. I'm like, man, I'm so curious to to see how that would work. So yeah, I'll definitely check it out. Good. Yeah. I think, and I think it helps having seen the movie cause you can kind of like have that soundtrack slash yeah. score in your mind and the visuals. And then when right. they tell you everything else, you're like, whoa, that's cool. And so. one, one of the reasons I've, I've never been in any camp for, oh, you got to read the book first or see the movie first or whatever for anything. Um, one thing I do like about seeing the movie first is I can't be disappointed by what the characters look like. Because that's oh, what they yeah. look like to me. But when you read the book first, it's like, oh, this is what they look like. And then you see the movie, you're like, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, no. Uh, but that way, you know, there's kind of a, a set and, or like, you know, the city that they're in or whatever. And unless the book is completely different, you know, you kind of have that that template to use. And then the, the book is can be enhanced by that. Totally. Well, Stop reading Blood Meridian and read Revelation. <laughs> but I got to finish it. Okay. Um, that's all for uh, what we've been putting into our different holes. Again, eyes, mouth, ears. Um, you're welcome, Noah, for me saying it that way. Let's talk about uh, the creative, if you want to, if you have anything, Noah, that you've been uh, learning or trying to push yourself towards or been doing. Hit me with it. Sure. Um, well, still working away on snafu, um, 
and there was a bit of a a, a break just because everything kind of hit at once and we're like all right we you know we have evil cast going on and we're trying to get that coordinated and stay on a steady schedule but um recently i've been getting back into doing some inking and I've actually really been enjoying it. So I'm hoping to keep the momentum going. Um, and that's been mainly it in terms of uh, actual artwork. It's kind of been a weird time because I know we talked about this in a previous episode, but it's like, Oh, use all this free time that you have to, you know, work on these things. And then it's like, yeah, but it doesn't feel like free time. And, and I mean, <laughs> yeah. I've been, I've been, you know, working all day and stuff like that. So th- my life hasn't really changed that much, but whenever I'm home, I'm like, Hmm, I feel like I could play video games right now, <laughs> you know? And just yeah. like, uh, it just feels weird. It's just a different, it's been kind of hard to, to get motivated. So I'm really happy that I decided to, you know, jump back into it. And you kind of, you know, push me along and you're like, hey, you know, let's do a, a day of, of doing that. And then that kind of mm-hmm. got the ball rolling. And then I was like, all right, great. I'm, I'm back in. So that's been fun and hoping to keep it going. Just when I think I'm out, <laughs> Kyle pull pulls me back, me back in. in again. <laughs> I was going to retire. <laughs> <laughs> Two days from retirement. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, all yummy stuff. Uh, and just a reminder to listeners, uh, if you haven't yet, we got two issues of Evil Cast up on the website. Our new comic, uh, horror comedy, which again is not surprising if you know me and uh, have listened to us <laughs> throughout <laughs> the show. But um, And we're working on issue three, Hard at Work. It's exciting. I think Noah's going to do... Uh, the cover for this one, which I need to send him direction. I have forgotten yes. to do that. Uh, so sorry about that. <laughs> That's okay. Just remembered that now. Um, and uh, if you don't follow uh, us on social media, be sure to check out um, either our official account or mine because uh, we had uh, a guy do a really sweet um, official cover for Evil Cast, um, and it turned out great. And uh, yeah, it's just it was so beautiful. Pretty amazing. Um, yeah, like a poster, uh, but that's uh, it's very. I mean, this guy's a pro, like, and you can tell just looking at it. It's it hit all the marks. It just it looks really good. The style is really cool, um, mm-hmm. and again, it that kind of stuff starts making you greedy, where you're like. Mm okay now let's see it in this style the whole thing <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then let's try it in another style and then we'll just have all yeah. of them um, Yeah, let's get mike mignola to do yeah some exactly pages. yeah <laughs> but uh yeah that was a, a real treat seeing that i'm glad you i'm glad you went for it um and uh it's just cool i mean that's the whole that was the whole point you know of ominous media in general is just like the collaboration and trying mm-hmm. to get all these artists. And obviously, you know, he's not on our team and things like that. But it's still like someone, an outside artist influence comes in and kind of dips their toe in our brand and in our ideas and then kind of creates something out of it. And I thought that was really cool. Yeah, absolutely. Again, it's just another person who, you know, we actually get to not again face to face, but you actually get to have a conversation with and kind of 
tell them about your vision and you get to collaborate. You know, my my part is just sending a Russian novel saying, do this, do this, put, yeah. a, put a fake little crucifix in Kyle's hand. It'll be funny, you know, and then he does it. Um, Make Kyle look it, stronger than Noah. <laughs> yeah, I, I do. I, I do always add that when doing any of the covers. I'm like, okay, make sure Kyle's wearing this. Make sure Noah's wearing this. Give Kyle a big penis. Make Noah have no penis. Uh, and then he's like, why is that? Why is that important? I'm like, don't, I'm, I'm, am I paying you or am I not? Okay, buddy. Um, yeah. Um, but it, it is cool too. Like, again, he's so much bigger um, than what uh, we are, but it was cool. I've been posting our stuff um on Reddit as part of just, you know, mm. wanting to have more avenues. And there's lots of, you know, individual subreddits dedicated to the things that we find interesting, like comics, illustration, all that stuff. And so yeah. it was cool to post our cover on Reddit um, and have it get quite a, a bit many upvotes and have lots of people comment and see it and then be like, who is this guy? And be able mm. to just quickly point them into his direction to where, and they're like, what are his rates? And I'm like, eh, you know, talk to him. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is generally what he says, but you know, sometimes I'm like, that's not, that's not polite. I don't know why people keep doing this, but anyway, yeah. um, it's been cool to, to, to show some people him because we made something and hopefully other people get to collaborate with him. Um, Cause mm-hmm. again, he was a professional a in communication and B and just what he made. Um, but yeah, it was kind of annoying where everyone was just like, oh, this is so beautiful. And I was like, but also you should read the comment yeah. too. That's the point that you should read it. <laughs> um, but um, the only other thing that I have to say with creativity uh, is that I actually kind of had a little bit of a mini, I had two breakthroughs um, for myself. And again, breakthrough makes it sound like I discovered, you know, how to make an atom bomb or something, (laughs) which would be quite dangerous for all of us. Um, Also not possible because someone already did it. Well, we're assuming that I'd also have discovered time travel. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. That wording was bad. I meant discovered for myself personally how to make one. That doesn't count. (laughs) Self-discovery. Anyway, with this quarantine time, kind of like what you brought up, there, there is that, that anxiety and desire to create and especially in thinking about myself and, you know, wanting to be a creator and reading books like The Fisherman mm-hmm. uh, that I go, oh my gosh, I want to do something like this. Really put the spirit back in me to to work specifically on my book um, that I've mentioned many times before. And again, that's something I would cringe now listening to when, uh, I mentioned it in the past going, yeah, it should be done within a year. Yeah. And now I'm like, oh, we're past that. And also a great pandemic awaits you if you forgot. <laughs> um, but I kind of I kind of realized that um, while the book is still happening, it's on pause because I realize I need to focus on the individual stories and I need to focus on getting those published themselves. Mm. Um I've I, I kind of had this idea of like oh I'll release an anthology of short stories and in typical dumb Kyle Stuke plan it's like well that is people don't really do that <laughs> they usually actually have written short stories that have been published and then have enough and then say let's put these into a uh, anthology yeah. with some new stories you know sure but not mm. usually just like no one's ever read these before read this book yeah it's like who are you I don't what why <laughs> um, and so. Uh, I st- I'm still wanting to p- 
published the collection, but now I've realized, oh, I just need to finish these short stories and then I need to um, send them to people. And then depending on how that works out will dictate whether or not I just released the book. Because I could totally see myself trying to get these stories published, people going, meh, um, mm-hmm. and then me going, oh, okay, and then just releasing it through Amazon like I did before, which is great. It's like I want to go for the big swing, the the ultimate plan of uh, being able to get, you know, legit published, but at the same yeah. time, I, I really just want people to read and see the stories. So um, it's not like, oh, I won't share them with the world until someone pays me for it. It's right. more just trying to be, again, strategic and, and correct in the writer's journey. And that's something I'm ignorant to and have had to figure out by researching and talking with people. So um, anyway, that was just, that wasn't really a, a, um, a breakthrough. That was just something that made me pivot. And so anyway, one thing that's been hard for me is the typical format of how you write a short story. Um, my background is script writing and then poetry. And they're very different from just the normal literary way of how you write a book. Oh yeah. And for me, I'm a big, not rule guy because I'm low conformity. Come at me. Uh, but I am a rule guy in terms of uh, doing things. Yeah. I like to know what, like even so much so if like someone's taking me to a new place, I'm like, is there parking? Is uh-huh. there a bathroom? <laughs> What's the attire? Like I'm not an easy person to just casually bring somewhere. I will have questions. But yes. So with writing, in that style, I realized I couldn't really publish these short stories in the way that I was writing them because a magazine or a website or whatever would be like, what is this gibberish? Because mm. it's written in a poetry style, but I realized ultimately while they're, they can rhyme and stuff, they are short stories. And more often than not, they don't really adhere to poetry style. Yep. Um, and so that was hard for my brain because I just... It, the the possibilities opened up because you can do so much with that style and authors all vary in how they do it. And again, Cormac McCarthy, who you love, um, his style's like, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it's not the norm. And I think that was hard for me to accept because I need to feel like I'm doing it right. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it was hard for me learning, not fully that it's subjective, because there's definitely, you know, if you have structured it poorly and editors going to be like, this is structured poorly. You're hitting return at the wrong time. Yeah. Why is dialogue in this giant chunk of text and not, you know, on its own thing. But again, some writers totally do that. Sometimes I, I, I keep looking at different books, trying to find a pattern and I can't find a pattern. And that was really hard for me. Mm, it is, um, it is kind of funny. Cause, um, <clears throat> I uh, I was reading, someone was asking a question online. Um, I forget what the context was, but, uh, you know, the guy was like, oh, uh, how how can I write like Cormac McCarthy? You know, like, I want, I want to be that good. And then, you know, someone was explaining, well, you know, there's a lot that goes into it. And a lot of it is just, you know, natural talent. And then someone was like, oh, this is a, here's a sample of my writing. And I, I write like... Cormac McCarthy by that they meant I don't follow you know standard structures and then everyone was like yeah he does that because he's Cormac McCarthy (laughs) (laughs) not you know there's got to be a reason for it and there's got to be 
uh, it's got to, you know, fit your style and you've got to be a good writer for it to work. Cause otherwise it's just, Oh, this is someone who doesn't know how to write. Um, Mm -hmm. so it is tricky to, you know, lean into that and be like, Oh, this is going to be my style without feeling kind of like a fraud, like, Oh no, you just don't want to follow the rules or whatever. Um, so I, I definitely get that and wanting to, um, it's the same, you know, when I was, I started, you know, trying to do comic books, I was like, man, what there's, there's standards. I know there are, and I'm going to find what all of them are and I'm going to follow them. And then at the end of it, <laughs> I'm going to have a professional looking piece of work. Um, so yeah. <clears throat> yeah, no. Yeah. You're, you're on the money. It's just, uh, it just kind of broke my brain. Cause again, like script writing, it's like, there is a standard. You yes. have the dialogue and you put certain things, but like, again, you can be creative with it, um, but you, dialogue and then you describe the scene and then you have the scene header, which tells us where the scene's happening. And that's like, that's basically it. Yeah. Um, and so I went from like very structured to very loose with poetry to then this weird middle baby that I didn't know how to hold or cradle. <laughs> and I was scared of breaking its little baby neck. Uh-huh. Um <laughs> Sorry. Um, But uh, I think the breakthrough with that just came with realizing I just have to do it. I just have to like, you know, mimic until I become myself Mm. and then also do it until like I find what works for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think that was encouraging again to like go with Stephen Keen. It's like he would do that. He would just write like people he liked and then be like, oh, I'm just being that person and then would move away and then, you know, be like, oh, I'm just being like this person. And it's like, eventually, if you write enough, you'll just gain that. And so I, I, I accepted the, like, inherent failure that comes with writing. Yeah. And again, I'll have to accept it over and over again. But I finally felt, like, free to just try. I was like, oh, I'm just going to, like, try to do what I see in books. Mm. <laughs> and I'm going to show it to you and you're going to be like, bro, like, this paragraph's way too long. You <laughs> should have hit return here. And, like, that's okay because that's just, that's what I have to do. I have to learn. I have to be scolded. And I mm. was never taught how to do this and I haven't do- done it before. And so I, I feel completely free now um, and confident because I understand the basic gist of it. Because even before I was like, do I hit return now? Do I? It just, again, I'm not used to writing that way. Yeah. And anything that gets in the way of being creative would just stop me in my tracks. And I'm like, I'm thinking about the structure and the format, and I'm no longer excited about the story. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what stopped me so much with the stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm past that now, which is awesome. So, again, prepare for mediocre writing for a while, but that's fine with me because <laughs> I just have to do that. Yeah, um, that's great. And then the second final thing um, is just the act of writing is hard. And again, like you're saying, the act of creating is hard, sitting down and doing it. And especially with the coronavirus, it's just little motivation, especially when life's hard. You just want to, you know, play video games, watch a movie, or Mm. not even get out of your dang bed. Mm -hmm. Um, But something that helped me is I remembered when I was in the mood to write, I remembered the function that my, my software has Highland two is what it's called. Again, I've talked about before, but it's, it's created by the guys who made script notes. Mm -hmm. Um, John August, uh, he's a screenwriter, but it's not just for screenwriting. You can do novel format. You can do 
um, comic book, play. They have a bunch of different formats. But um, there's a function in it, A, where you can set goals for the amount of words, and B, you can set a timer, and it's called sprints. And you can do an amount of sprint, and it will tell you how many words you got done during that sprint. And this is where that breakthrough came from, where I realized I usually only write if I have like three or four hours free because in my mind, I'm like, oh, that's what I need to like get in the zone, yeah. and, you know, have enough time. And I realized, A, I don't usually have three or four hours that are free. And that's usually why little writing is done because my imaginary perfect scenario never exists. <laughs> Um, and then B, when you have that amount of time, there's an anxiety that comes with it where you're like, oh, yep. I have a lot of time. Pressure's I on. I need to be productive. <laughs> I better write a lot. And so doing these little sprints helped me, A, realize how much time I do have in the day, even when I'm really busy, because my brain would go, oh, I can do a 30-minute sprint mm. or I can do a 50-minute. That's kind of like the common one is a 50-minute sprint. Yeah. And... There's, I was reading studies about how, like, even people at work, like, will do 50-minute sprints because they'll look at the whole work day and be like, oh, I've got eight hours. Oh, my gosh. But then they'll just do things in 50-minute sprints and then get up, go eat a banana, go talk to Sharon in accounting. Mm. I don't know. Um, and so that's really helped me where I've written the most to have in a long time for the most consistent period because every day I go, like, oh, I got, like, 30 minutes yeah and be, and because you know your time is limited you focus again this is just for me but i focus i don't because when i would write to i'd be like what was that funny youtube video i watched <laughs> yes i really could use that i could really need i really need that right uh -huh. now i'm gonna check my email for some random reason uh -huh. um and so but when you only have 30 or 50 minutes you're like you see that timer and you're just like, oh, and it's yeah. not a bad, like, it's not a fear. It's just a, why would I check? I'll, I'll, I can check my email so soon. Yeah. I'll just be like, good. Like, this is so little time. <laughs> I might as well wait. Yeah. Yeah. And so, again, I think that maybe everyone's different. And so when we talked with, when we had our interview with Corey Nelson, who, again, mixes our show. Thank you, Corey. He talked about not, because I brought this up with other like writers trying to like, you know, do their secret, you know, whatever. And he talked about not trying to be like other people in the sense of like some people's habits don't work for you because he's a morning person. He's able to wake up extra early, get extra stuff done. Uh -huh. I'm not. I'm not a morning person. I don't need to feel bad about that. So if you're not able to do stuff in these incremental sprints, that's totally fine. But at the same time, people are very, you know, similar. And so if you find yourself feeling kind of that coronavirus anxiety of like, I'm an artist, but I have so much time and it makes me not want to do it because also it's just hard. Maybe try try the sprints and then you can even go, oh, 30 minutes is better than nothing. Yeah, You can go to bed being like, I didn't get much done, but I did 30 minutes. And I love that. That's fine. It's great advice. I'm probably actually going to try to do that. <laughs> Do it, dog. Yeah, um, I like that. And then you feel kind of you feel less guilty for the, doing the things you enjoy afterwards. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah. it's one of those things where, like, you know, at the end of your sprint, you might well be like, "Oh, I can keep going. I'll do another one." Absolutely. Or, and then you'll double your time, you know, or something like that. So. Yeah, you'll be enjoying it so much that you're like, "Oh, I'm glad I started. I want to keep going." Yes, um, exactly. You totally. You you yeah. 
I've said it before, but you hit the nail on the head, Noah. <laughs> well, um, it's like a, a lot, I think a lot of people, I wouldn't know, but a lot of people feel that way about working out. Where like the the getting going is the hardest part by far, mm-hmm. and then once you're there, like oh, I can I can keep doing this for a while, or at least longer than you had figured. And then by the end of it, you're like, oh, I'm glad I I went out and I did it. So, yeah. Um, the last thing I want to say, not in contrast to that, but um, just to to add on is to give, I don't, I don't like telling people what to do, but I will tell you to do this to, is to give yourself a break. <laughs> yeah. Like, because don't tell me what to do though. Not you, the listener. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> but this is a crazy time. And so I think emotions are high. That's actually going to be our next segment is the emotional. We're going to get into the feelings a little bit, but Corona is a crazy time. We have no idea what's going on, and president's telling us to do crazy crap and <laughs> drink bleach. It's yeah, it's hard to know what's real, what's true. Is is the normal stuff safe? If is is it not? Yeah. And also like how everything's changed, like not getting as much sunlight and missing your friends, missing moving more, and just feeling tired more because you're inside more. And for me, my home was a sanctuary, and now it's like. Prison. It's not as fun. <laughs> yeah, not a prison, but it's just I realized I was like, I love being at home. And now that I'm home a lot, it's kind of like I do feel a little trapped sometimes where I'm yeah. like, I can't go to a coffee shop, which is my other sanctuary. <laughs> um, so all that to say, there, I think like what you were saying, when you have extra time, there is this desire to be extra productive or to be the best version of yourself because there's a lot of should ofs in your brain, and yeah. especially if you're on your phone a lot, you're seeing other people doing a lot of cool stuff with their time. But to go back to the Corey thing, we're all unique. And so give yourself a break and do what you can. And sometimes just freaking <laughs> waking up and doing your job, you know, if you have a job or is awesome or, you know, sending someone a nice note, or binging a Netflix series because that's what you've wanted to do for a while, whatever it is. Like, yeah. just know that you get some extra grace during this period. Again, yes. even if it's just from two dudes that you listen to, know that you get. I've given you verbal permission to ease off a little bit because <laughs> it's hard. And I say yeah. that as someone who you know judges himself a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but true. I think it's like we have new rules right now. Yeah, so embrace definitely. them. <laughs> well, uh, let's get this shindig on the road to being almost over. And we're going to do that with talking about feelings. But before we do that, Noah, I have a feeling in my groin that requires pee. <laughs> so I have to go really quick to the bathroom, <laughs> which I try not to do on the show. But I realize I really don't want to talk about my feelings while having to pee because that will add a layer of urgency. I totally understand. And I'm actually going to do the same thing. So. (gasps) All right. Well, let's take it. We'll take a quick pee break, listen to some sweet tunes and we'll be right back. All right. We both peed. We're uh, back. And, uh, And we're ending with the feelings. This is just the full Kyle and Noah, how we're doing, what we've been up to in our personal lives, all that stuff. 
Um, I want to make sure that I'm actually correct with this because we talked about this uh, before we did the show. But uh, when this episode's releasing, yep, uh, this episode will release slash has released on May 5th when you're listening to this. And uh, as we talked about a while back, May is um, Mental Health Awareness Month. And so that was a desire part of this too. We're not going to be doing a full series. But still on this show, just want to pursue um, being a, a safe place and a transparent place. Because I think being a safe place doesn't just mean like, I don't know that we're not buttholes or whatever. I think it means that we, we talk to talk and walk the walk. So it's not just like, Hey, you should, you know, talk to people and you should love yourself and be okay. It's like, you should also see that that represented in the people who are saying it because it's kind of words will kind of fall flat if uh, they're being spoken by someone who doesn't really get it. And again, like Noah and I are imperfect and that's part of the process is to be like, we're just, other dudes on the journey with other cool dudes and dudettes. And if dudettes is offensive, I apologize. I'm not, I keep seeing debates on whether on whether or not dudes can be used for women or not. So whatever you want to be called, I choose that word. Um, but to start on the lighter side of just, uh, uh, of emotions, I'll tell you this, Noah, I'm, I'm annoyed. Speaking of women, I'm annoyed by women on hinge. Why you ask? Because a lot of them, don't ask me questions back. And it's annoying because uh. <laughs> I'm like, do you not know how a, how a conversation works? Um, All right. Well, I will say this. I, I am sorry about that. Um, and they should be better. Uh, and I think also that is the curse of being someone who's really good at asking questions is that everyone else is going to, seem like they're not good at it. <laughs> they don't need to be good. They just need to do it. And to, to make this very clear really quick, if you're unfamiliar with Hinge, it's not like I'm just throwing words at people. Because that like that's different if I'm just messaging someone and they're not responding. And I'm like, they're not asking me questions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or like they respond and then I and then I'm like, why isn't this person who I just sent a message to not asking me questions now? To, to make it clear, right. with, with Hinge, it's like a match must occur to communicate. So that's what makes it frustrating is that I, you know, either someone to me or me to them goes, hey, you're hot. Basically, that's what it means. Hey, you're hot and I want you emotionally and physically. Yeah. Um, and then you go, yeah, I agree. Cool. And then the link is made and then you can talk to each other. And so all that to say, it's especially annoying when I'm like, hey, I'm interested. And then someone's like, I give you permission to speak because you can either respond right away or you can just like accept the match. And so then it's like, uh-huh. okay, technically in the like turns of like who's done something, they've done something by accepting. But then it's like, you already like sent a message being like, hey, what's <laughs> up or whatever. Then they're like accepted. And then you're like, uh, okay, what's up? Or how are you? And it's like, good. It's like, <laughs> What are you into? <laughs> These things. Yeah. And, yeah, and then like, again, I have self-respect. So I'm like, I'm out. If like after one or two questions, there's no like sense that they want. And, you know, that's a sign maybe of disinterest and that's fine. That's part of it. But it's, yeah. <laughs> there's there's one person today that I, you know, matched with and I was all excited about it. And then it just was like, 
I was being funny, doing all these different, again, I think, my, my perception is my own. So definitely from this person's perspective, they're like, this guy's not funny. Um, but uh, it was like... You're like, ha-ha, disemboweled bodies. <laughs> ha-ha, I love horror. <laughs> How do you, did you read my profile? Um, <laughs> and, and then you're like, she's not responding Why isn't she asking questions about my wrong. horror comic? Why Ask me questions about this. <laughs> Are you a psychopath? That's a question. Um, but... Uh, but yeah, I just like asked her two things. And she, again, it wasn't like short answers. She's giving me long things. So that kind of goes against the mm. idea in my head that she's like not wanting to talk to me. But then she just keeps doing it. And so finally, I just was like, that's cool. And then she was like, yeah. And I was like, <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> so thankfully oh. today, though, I got <laughs> another one. And again, I was a little like extra already peeved. I was like, this person doesn't ask me some freaking questions. I'm out of here. And after she answered yeah. mine, she asked me a question. I was like, thank you. This is how a conversation works. Especially when it's like, <laughs> you know, I know Hinge is like inherently for romance, but thankfully I now have the track record of like, if interest isn't shown romantically, there is the ability to be friends because you can still find someone interesting. Yeah. And so it's like, how are you supposed to get to know someone if only one person is revealing things about themselves? And also, how fun is it right. to conduct an interview when it's not a podcast or an interview? It's not very fun. <laughs> <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> anyway, um, I don't even know why I'm doing it because, you know, I'm quarantined, so I don't even get to hang out with this person. But Hinge has introduced a, a date from home feature, which I think is hilarious, and I'm, I'm not sure if I'll participate <laughs> or not because I feel like that would be really awkward. It's one thing to meet someone for the first time in person that you've never met. It's another thing to do it through a screen. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, that's that's my quick hinge uh, rant. I'm angry that you're happily married. <laughs> Man, every time I hear stories like this, I'm like, oh, that sounds exhausting. <laughs> it's pretty terrible. I'm so glad to not be... You know, not be doing that right now. But I like how you're stroking your face with your wedding ring right now to fully rub it into. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, no, and I mean, there's parts of it where like, oh, yeah, you know, and you kind of miss that excitement or whatever, like the unknown and all these things. But then you realize, man, I'm this is just so much better. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, no, I'm glad things are. I guess they're not going well. But, um. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I mean, with this new person, they're going fine, so that's nice. At least that a conversation oh, is okay, occurring. Well, but there was a we'll yeah, see. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> you butthole. <laughs> Why am I friends with you? All right, next on with the emotional. <laughs> Noah is abusing me emotionally. Um. No, but think about this: if you stick with me, you won't have to go through the process of finding another friend. <laughs> That's true. There's no excitement with us anymore, but there's consistency with your terribleness. It feels yeah. like home. Um, second, just a personal thing. Uh, my sister had a baby. Um, yes. Little girl named Eloise, and it just warmed my gosh dang heart. Um, but it was, mm. again, it, I'm going to say my quick um, disclaimer. It's like, the worst thing about the coronavirus is that people are dying from it and also what it's doing to, you know, people who have less than ideal living circumstances. And so I, I always, again, feel 
have a hard time complaining when I'm super blessed and like very lucky. Uh, but at the same time, I think that's been something I've kind of pushed back on with a lot of my friends when they've said the same things, mm. when they've had disclaimers, I've been like, listen, like we know each other. You're a, you know, you're, you're a good person. You're, you're not a complainer. Like I know that you don't take your stuff for granted. Um, so like you're allowed to like complain and even encouraging friends to be like, tell me like yeah. what sucks. And like, I'm not going to go, wow, you're, yeah. you know, you're, you you have money, you have a job. Like there's, we can all have stuff thrown in our face. And so I think with this podcast too, I want that to be established. It's like, I, I would hope that from having listened to Noah and I, you would know that we don't take things for granted. And I mean, everyone does, but I think for the most part, there's self-awareness and all that stuff. But nonetheless, even for you as a listener, this being a place where you can talk about what's hard. Even if like you have a lot of blessings, it's like we as humans are incapable of being happy. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it doesn't like our, some of our circumstances don't change that our emotions are going to not be happy. So anyway, um, right. Right. All that to say, it's like the birth was awesome, but it, it's, it was really sad not being able to go to the hospital and be there. And then really sad not being able to like, hold my niece and like see my sister Mm -hmm. and like show up and have a sign or do, you know, do anything. It just, yeah, I I know that they were okay, but I can't really imagine how isolating that must've felt to them. Um, you know, being in a hospital, uh, alone and not having anyone and then having to go home and be alone. (laughs) Honestly, at that point, they probably Mm -hmm. just wanted sleep. Um, but anyway, uh, thankfully I got to see my niece um, from my sister's house. She had her out on the deck and I was able to be far away and, and look at her though. (laughs) And she was super cute. Um, And my brother and his uh, wife and nieces came. And as soon as my sister saw, she just started crying and it was like the most awkward thing. Cause our like, again, our response as humans is to like reach out. Like you see someone crying, you like want to hug them. So like my sister and Uh. I like, made it like move for each other and then we're like and then like more tears came from her and i was like i can't like i'm not a crier during emotional people things which is dumb but i'll cry during a movie trailer i'll get like (laughs) teary-eyed so i'm just standing there like watching my sister cry and i'm like i'm sorry i'm also sad but and then my sister-in-law is crying looking at my sister crying they're both looking at each other i'm just like this is terrible um i'm putting up my hands like a goalie right now you can't see it audience members but um so anyway that was an update thanks for everyone who uh sent me messages and was excited by the pictures of baby Eloise. It's I, she's going to be a little artist. I, I I'm calling it. Um, so I dedicate this episode to her. My sister is a poet and my brother-in-law, he's an artist. And so I'm hoping that Eloise is going to be the next big thing. Mm. She might rep- when she's it. old enough, maybe she'll replace day- you and I'll have someone nice on the show. <laughs> well, I was going well, to say, maybe one day she'll be big enough to be featured on the Humming Fool. Uncle podcast. Kyle, can I be on your podcast? I'm like, I don't think you're there, Eloise. <laughs> no. Uh, I don't know. We've been doing this for a while now. <laughs> um, It's been 30 years. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I told you submissions are, are closed, Eloise. You have to check back next October. <laughs> And there's a $25 processing fee. <laughs> She's like, Uncle Kyle, you're my legal guardian now. Like, <laughs> why do I have to? Um, anyway, transitioning away from that really quick, I'm going to do my best to 
to to deliver the following in a in a non TMI way. But again, in in accordance to what I said at the beginning, I want to be uh, someone who walks the walk, talks the talk, all the things, um, and is transparent. And especially, you know, again, this isn't an official mental health discussion or whatever. But um, in recognizing this month, it's like I know so many people. Um, struggle and then especially are struggling during quarantine. Again, we already talked about how it's hard. It's hard for quote unquote normal people, but um, I'm sure it's especially difficult for people who, again, struggle with mental health. And so um, I've been very conservative with a lot of uh, information regarding myself. And, you know, sometimes there's a place for that because, you know, I know I personally don't enjoy always like just talking about what's hard. (laughs) Um, Mm. It's like you have enough of it yourself. And so then when you're with friends or family, it's like you kind of just want to experience levity. And obviously like talking about it's really important and stuff too, but it's also like the awkwardness of, you know, you, you, you talk for a lot and then you're just like, wow, I just like word vomited on this person. It's not just a, a fun thing. And so, Really quick for for you, Noah, for the things that you're about to hear, I just don't want you to to feel bad because know know that I I planned more or less to like, I kind of use this this show as a platform to express myself as well. Um, it's sort of a meta thing, mm. and so um, I know that you you yourself are a a safe person and someone I can talk to, but there's just a weird thing in me where it's like more natural to do it on this show <laughs> live than sure. it is to like when we're in person, me just be like, I would like to express emotions. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I get that. Good. Cause I, 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 w- I would hate for you to hear me start talking and be like, why didn't he tell me these things? It's a weird thing where I'm like, I never had a problem with telling to you. It's just, as like, the moment or the time wasn't quite right until this exact moment <laughs> on Google Hangouts. Sure, but I get it too. Cause there's like almost a performance aspect where you can kind of like, Oh, the, I'm presenting this information rather than, you know, cutting my heart open one-on-one with another person and then I'm stuck mm-hmm. there. And I don't know, like I understand that there is a, a difference um, and I, I don't feel, you know, bypassed or anything. Like, okay. yeah. Again, mm-hmm. that's me projecting. I've had that moment when you hear, <laughs> you know, someone you're close with either through someone else, like the grapevine, you hear it or like later on, they're like, oh, uh, this was happening to me. And you're like, Again, you instantly make it about yourself. You're like, why didn't you tell me? (laughs) That's a joke, but like, it really is like, for me, I take it on as a personal failure of like, I wasn't safe enough to hear it at that time. But I think for myself, I'm realizing that it's not necessarily always personal. And so I wanted to communicate that to you uh, to where, again, if you're like, oh man, I wish I would have known this. It's like, always wanted you to, but yeah, for some reason, just couldn't do it till now and I'll have to think about what you said in regards to the performance aspect because I thought that exact same thing and I don't know how I feel about it I don't know if that's a good thing like Uh, I don't like that it's easier for me to do while you know owning the uh mantle right now of like host like somehow not mm -hmm. able to be fully real (laughs) I need like the podcast to be able to like 
talk about something. I don't like, again, I have always, we've talked about, you know, emotional stuff off air, but I don't, I don't want this to <laughs> become a clutch where I'm like, all right, welcome to Humming Fools. This is our interview with whatever. Hey, Noah, by the way, I'm dying. And then you're like, what? And I'm like, first question. <laughs> I didn't tell you before. It was just too hard. But I'm, I'm telling you, you now. But podcast. we really got an interview to do. So like enough questions. Let's get. <laughs> Noah, please don't be sad right now. I need you on the right. game. <laughs> you're like, what? what is your favorite <laughs> moment as a creator? <laughs> Oh my gosh! I should never have done this with and you. And then, yeah, the the guest is like, uh, "Is this a bit? Is this part of it?" I didn't listen to any episodes. <laughs> <Don't> understand? <laughs> um. Anyway, I think again, listeners, this just illustrates that mental health and even emotions—they're just a weird thing. It's not—it's not perfect. It's imperfect. The best that you can do is communicate. So, mm. in pursuit Yay. of not making this episode too long, which it's already quite long, um, let's just. <laughs> We're past that point. But also, we have denied listeners for a long time, so maybe like an extra long episode helps, question mark? I don't know. Yeah, that's what they want. Our listeners love extra long episodes. Um, Really quickly, again, just being transparent, mental health. I just wanted to give an update because there was sort of a narrative to our our series, and uh, again, in like a, a meta way of me going through that series not coming out of the closet with, you know, my anxiety information, but kind of more, that was like the first, like very public besides the book, uh, Kulichino doing that. Um, and at the end there was kind of that decision to pursue, um, medication. And that was how I started the series going. This is something that scares me. This is something I don't really understand. And that was part of the interviews that we conducted. Um, and so again, I thought, I thought our listeners were, were owed, uh, you know, a, a continuation of, of that story since things have developed. And so um, all that to say, I did, you know, pursue getting medication. It was, again, hard, like, having to go in and, like, talk about it. Um, and uh, you just you just feel awkward being like, uh, I have these feelings and uh, this is what I'm not able to do and this is what I'm able to do. And, yeah, I think that like nurse mm. practitioner or whatever her position was, she could tell that I just was like so sad to be there, <laughs> which it's like I was fine before, <laughs> but then there's just something about like doctor's offices now due to my experiences with them, which I'll get into a little bit more later that I just like instantly feel defeated whenever I come into a doctor's office. Mm. And so she was very kind being like, forget about the stigma. Like, I'm totally happy that you're here. What you're doing is good. And I was like, thank you. Like, I really appreciated the pep talk from her. Um, but <laughs> um, anyway, I, I got one form of medication. I did think it was a little too easy to get, which was disconcerting. I was like, I know that I need uh-huh. it, but I really didn't have to say, to say that much to get drugs. And I thought that was kind of funny. I really was like, you don't want to like prove that I have anxiety, which I know sounds stupid, but it was just kind of like, right. Anyone could just walk in. They're they're like, no, we can tell. (laughs) I looked at you and I knew you just the way you're reacting, trying to get your medication. The the way you're hunched over. (laughs) You're like, I'm anxious. I'm anxious that you're not asking me to provide proof. They're like, you're the worst case we've seen in a long time. <laughs> you need a double dose. Uh, um, so anyway, I, I started taking uh, the first dose and 
things were fine, but I started noticing struggling with sleeping and all that stuff. And then one day, which was, I, I think like maybe a month, maybe a little bit more than a month ago, um, I had like a really bad reaction. And basically what had caused me to like finally get on the medications is that I was having um, panic attacks and um, for a long, for a long time, even I, like with anxiety, didn't really have panic attacks, but I started having them, which was just showing that I had less and less of a grip on, you know, my own condition. And basically just to give a brief, you know, uh, illustration of what that entails. It's like, um, it's not just being like, ah, like, like panic, you know, it's, it's kind of like this dread that slowly comes on you and it changes how you, you think it's, you just all of a sudden think that the world is is ending, which again sounds bizarre if you haven't experienced it, but it just completely changes your mind to where almost anything that you were thinking about, you now are viewing through a lens of apocalypse, <laughs> basically. Um, yeah. And then there's uh, your heart rate starts going real fast. You have struggle. You struggle to breathe, and uh, you get really. I, I get really sweaty. Um, and it's just kind of like a waking nightmare. But again, they don't normally last super long, and so you can kind of just like have one, and then like you just feel exhausted. It's like you went for a run or a bike ride. You're just like shot. So I was having a ton of those, um, and so that's what made me go, okay, dog, you were strong for a while. You can, you need to get on the medication game. And so, but while on this medication, I had um, a panic attack, but I it was paired with, and I forget the term for this, but um, it basically was like a, it's like a low sugar thing. So I got, um, and I don't have diabetes or like really like struggle with that, but that's, that's the term that the doctor used because she had seen that a couple other patients, which she said was young, healthy males had taken this medicine and then had this reaction where it's kind of like they're having a low sugar attack. So basically I got really dizzy I got really nauseous and then that got paired with the panic attack. And what made it so scary was that um, when I've gotten dizzy before, I've just eaten something. And I think that happens with some people sometimes, you know, like if you put out too much energy, you don't have enough fuel, you can get dizzy. That's not a low, that's not, you know, that's not just for people with diabetes or low blood sugar or whatever. But so that's happened to me sometimes before and I've eaten something and felt better. So when I felt this dizziness, I was like, oh, I need to eat. You know, I, it was like three 30, usually it happens around five Mm. closer to dinner. And so I ate and the, the dizziness didn't go away. It stayed and it got worse. Mm. And that's what really set in the panic is because like, and this is something I say to people consistently, but it's like, when you know that there's a problem, the problem for me, I can endure as long as I know that there's an end. And so that's what like makes mysteries Mm for your body really terrifying is that it's like, if you break your arm, you're like, I just need to go to the doctor. They'll reset it, put it in a cast and I have to wait this amount of time and I'll be good. But when you have things in the body that don't make sense, that's where I feel like true fear and true horror comes from is because you don't know if there's an end and you also don't know if there's a solution. Um, And so in that moment of just being dizzy and having it last like two hours just again, just imagine two hours wow. of being dizzy and nauseous and not being able to move while also having the mm. panic attack, which was is usually they're generally like five to ten minutes, but 
I kept having them, which I didn't know could happen either. <laughs> so oh. I would like rise and then like come down and be like, okay, I'm okay. And then it would rise. I'm like, oh my gosh, because again, my brain's going, what's happening? Am I dying? Because <laughs> it's never happened before. Mm. Um, so anyway, I did not like that. Um, <laughs> and so no. I, uh, why huh? though? Well, let me tell you, and it's funny because again, for anyone who follows me on Instagram, there's a post I had where um, I was at Mount Kessler and uh, I was just walking in the woods at night and I was like, this is why you don't start hiking really late at night because and oh, yeah. the reason that happened is because I, uh, once I started to kind of feel like I was able to move, I had called several people, I called my mom and she's like, you need to just like do some exercise or something like to like get the like blood pumping and stuff. And so I was like, okay. Mm. And it actually did sound appealing. So I went to Mount Kessler, but it was like six o'clock at that point. And I climbed the uh-huh. top of that freaking mountain because I felt like if I stopped, I was just going to be done. And so again, in my brain, mm. that's what's hard about like the mental health stuff is that in your head, you can know a truth. You can know, you can have a sense of reality, but then it's blocked by the immediate need for whatever you're thinking or feeling. And so I knew I was like, mm. bro, we need to turn around. It's like getting dark and we're like in the middle of nowhere and we're still moving forward. But then my brain goes, we must continue walking or else we will perish. <laughs> and right. so again, like came back to my house, very late, muddy, afraid that the Blair witch was going to have me. Um <laughs> And uh, talked to my doctor. And again, it was nice knowing that that seemed like an explanation for what happened. Um, And so she put me on some new medication and I haven't seemed to have had issues since. Um, But Mm. uh, all that to say, like, I think it, it contributes to my fear of medication because I'm like, that didn't happen before when I wasn't taking it. And I'll take the five to 10 minute panic attack over this like dizzy nauseated hell that I was in. Um, And so I don't say that to be discouraging to people, but I, again, I, and just wanting to be real, it's like having experienced it myself. It made me think about other people with severe cases of fill in the blank and how hard that must be because you're not, functioning at 100% and then you're required to fill out forms and like reach out and like if you're an introvert all those things are hard <laughs> and so yeah I don't know I just it 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 was it, I don't think it was there was any positivity and I think the positivity I think comes from hoping that the medication ends up being helpful which so far this stuff has been fine I think it's been helpful hasn't I don't think it's fully kicked in yet but um mm. All that to say, to give, again, some realness to the listeners, I didn't, if it, if it worked and it was awesome, I would have said, hey, I took medication, it worked and it was awesome, but um, uh, I also wanted to be real and say, yeah, my, some of my fears about medication were real and it's scary and I think that lends itself to my anxiety is that it's like the world is not perfect and there's not always solutions and you kind of mm-hmm. have to, mm-hmm. I have to figure out how to live knowing that there's like, you know, uh, mystery and imperfection out there. And that's hard for me. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's what you're faced with like, Oh, I have this problem and I don't know the solution to it. 
oh, here's a solution. I don't know if it's going to add to the problem or fix it. Absolutely. <laughs> Let's find out. Um, again, adding to the unknown. And yeah, oh man, that's that's tough. Yeah. Um, in keeping this depressing bandwagon going, we'll just keep. I'll just. I'll just add Let's some go. more diesel to Let's it. Go. We'll just go, baby. Um, I think in respect in in specific to like updating how you know I'm doing. I think it's like. I've been doing extra not good because of like my external and internal environment. So what does that mean? And so it's like, Mm -hmm. A, the pills have been hard. And so being quarantined, like that's hard. And again, it's for whatever reason, it's embarrassing. It shouldn't be, but it's like, I find it embarrassing and it's hard not knowing like how you're interpreting things. If it's like extra, like, or if it's like real. So it's like, is this what this person said to me? Like, really, like, mean, or am I just like sensitive, or you know what I mean? So that's a hard part. Mm, um, yeah. But then again, something I've been kind of private about, except for you know my friends like you, is it's like for the past two years, my dad has uh, you know been dealing with his own cancer diagnosis, and again for me, that's not you're not someone that I'm not someone you want to tell you have a disease because again, my brain goes, Oh no, (laughs) I will think about it all the time and worry and all Mm. that stuff. And so, uh, my dad has B cell lymphoma, which is, you know, one of the more curable ones, but that doesn't matter. It's like whenever people would say that to me, I'm like, that doesn't help me at all. (laughs) No, you could say like 99.99. I'm like, so you're telling me there's a chance, but in like the bad way, (laughs) Well, it's like, oh, this is one of the more curable cancers. It's like saying, oh, this is one of the least painful car crashes. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. yeah you still have a car crash. That would be funny. You're like, Dr. Hertz, like, I can tell this is one of the least like painful car crashes. <laughs> of everyone that's come through here, I could tell you're in the least yeah, amount you look of the pain. Best. Does that make you feel better? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> No, trust me, it's uh, nothing. Um, and so, anyway, that uh, that that that's been hard. Um, and then we thought for a while that it had gone away. He went through treatment. He lost his hair, all the whole shebang. And then he thought it was done. And then, like right around December, he found out that it wasn't done, and he would have to go through chemotherapy again, and um, also do like a, a blood marrow transplant. I think I might be. There's so, like, I feel really bad for my mom. She's like had to learn so much medical ghibli goop. And then oh, she's sure. like, just, she's writing it all out for us. And then even like me and my uh, like siblings are just like, what is the thing? And like, you're like copy pasting, like, yeah. just, like all these, you're Googling, which again is terrible. <laughs> um, but that was, that, that was really hard too, just finding out that he has to do it again, specifically because of like how you see it affects him. Like, he, my dad's awesome. He's oh, brave. Yeah. You know, he's goofy. I'm like, again, I always describe myself as an R-rated version of him. But, you know, he's a human. And so seeing him <laughs> struggle and, you know, uh, be a, show mm. fear, you know, is something that, like, just breaks me. <laughs> again, like, I would have, yeah. like, there'd be moments, like, when we'd be talking or whatever, and I'd, like, see how it's affecting him. And, again, I would be very conscious of my thoughts. My thoughts are like, 
oh, we should not be seeing this. <laughs> like, this is <laughs> this is not good. <laughs> and again, yeah. as I tell my parents, because they're very, they're like, should we tell you or not tell you things? The answer is always, of course, tell me things. Like, we got to do this together. Mm-hmm. And I would be pissed off if I learned that they were hiding stuff from me. But I also recognize right. the fear from them because it's me. And so it's like, are you sure you want us to send you emails? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> and then I will... <laughs> be destroyed by them um yeah so um it's things seem to be well now he's 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 done uh with the chemotherapy and the doctor's feeling good and so we're we're thinking that he should be good i admit though that my 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 mind goes well we thought that last time so i will be suspicious for the rest of my life um (laughs) and then uh so yeah, just just wanted to to let that be known. That's a hard thing. Again, I overthink it because anytime I think about sharing that, I go, my brain goes, "Are you sharing that, Kyle, for attention or publicity?" Mm-hmm. And you know, my sister would post about it on Instagram, mm-hmm. and um, I I know her reasons for doing so. Like I know her heart, and so I never judged my sister. I always knew she was doing it with the most purity, and all her posts were always well written. But for me, I just because I'm so, what we do is so social media oriented because like I'm always marketing yeah. Humming Fools and I'm always posting down Instagram videos and writing and stuff that just, I just felt like I couldn't release that information in a non-like um, pandering way, if that makes sense. Like anytime mm. I tried to write a mm-hmm. message, I was like, do I want to share this with people? And the answer was usually like, not really, except for like, there's people I would like, know at work or whatever who might like be buttholes like at a particular time yeah and be like maybe you wouldn't be a butthole if you knew my dad had cancer and so it's like but i'm like that's right. no reason to like share and it's not fun for me to talk sure, about it and so sure. um i just try not to um but again feeling more positive and uh thankfully was able to actually see him and stay with him um, which again, I was nervous about due to the coronavirus. Uh, <laughs> but my mom mm-hmm. needed help, which yeah, again was hard really. to hear. Like, hey, like I can't do this by myself. Um, so, the last thing on this depressing journey, I'm almost done, Noah. <laughs> um, is just again kind of going off the whole um, things being out of your control and like the mystery. Get in TMI, baby. But since 2012. I have had issues with my balls and that's, you can tell (laughs) how done I am with it because I'm talking about it. Because again, that's (laughs) embarrassing. And whenever you say it, Mm. I feel like the first Mm -hmm. assumption from someone else is you're getting up to some nasty hanky panky or like, you you know what I mean? Like (laughs) you deserve it or whatever. Um, And I'm always like, I didn't do anything. (laughs) I'm clean. I'm innocent. Um, And so I've just had a lot of medical issues um, for a long time now and also specifically during this quarantine. And I think that that's like been really hard for myself is, A, we're trying not to go in because we're trying to make sure that, you know, hospitals are for essential stuff only. And then specifically Um, all the issues that I've had for the most part have been things that have been unsolvable. And so again, 2012, it's like uh, 
there was there there was one time when they're like, oh, here's an explanation for why your balls hurt. And I was like, cool. <laughs> Had to take pills. And again, <laughs> took the pills. They gave me depression as a side effect. Awesome. Loved it. Um, <laughs> had to get yes. off them, take some other stuff, and was seemingly healed. But then it came back. And this is where my rant comes from, mm. Noah, is that I have had so many Dane ultrasounds, and no man should have to have an ultrasound. You get jelly, put on your balls, <laughs> and it's and then you oh, get yeah. fondled by a little machine. Yes. And again, you have to go yes. to the doctor and say, uh, my balls feel weird. And then you have to have someone touch them and poke them. I've been there. Again, most yeah. if any man who has had a physical understands my pain, but it's like it's again, it's not hard for me to endure if I know there's an end. But ever after that mm. first, you know, uh issue that was solved in um 2012 again it was some sort of bacterial infection which sounds gross it sounds like again like i'm putting my junk in like bacteria or something but supposedly it's very common and it's just dipping yeah it just in dipping jars it in jars of bacteria you know that th- those like jars of animals that you see in horror movies it's like i'm just dipping dipping in there this is a mason i'm just mason teabagging jar of mason jars just... of bacteria but uh, supposedly it's airborne and it's very it's very common and all these dudes just randomly get it and but again you tell people that and mm. they're like okay, quote unquote. <laughs> you're like, but really? And that's again what sucks is that it's like it's just this thing that comes out of nowhere and it messes you up. Mm. And so since then, I went mm-hmm. to the ER one night because it hurts so bad and I thought I had that like thing where the tubes get crossed or whatever and. Oh, you get you get your tubes yeah, tied. Yeah. yeah, no, um, I forget torsion. I think is what it's called. Yeah, t- testicular which again is terrifying is when you hear called. about it. And I'm sorry, ladies who are for listening, but I mean, uh, it's like they're like, oh yeah, like you know that can happen if you don't come quick enough. Your testicle can die, and you can die. And you're like, what? <laughs> That's terrifying. And so every time I, I would have this incredible pain, I would think. I don't want to die. It hurts really bad. They said it would hurt really yeah. bad. They say it makes you nauseous. I'm nauseous, so I go to the doctor. And again, I'm, it's like 9 o'clock yeah. on Saturday. I'm in the ER, and it sucks, and they're poking me. Ugh. And then I, even with insurance, pay $200 or something for an ultrasound only for someone to then say, I don't see anything. <laughs> yeah. And so... Again, I really don't like saying this, but I just, in wanting to be transparent, I think this adds a little bit of explanation to the beginning where things with the show and everything have been inconsistent is that I just realized that I feel like I'm at war constantly because I recognize I was like, I'm kind of in pain every single day and not necessarily with downstairs, but it's also like I have mm-hmm. back issues. I've had teeth issues. <laughs> I've, and then like with, you know, the the anxiety medication is just like everything is constantly hard and all, and for the most part, yeah, yeah. again, there's not like, there's not a, a flag at the end. There's not a, there's not a, um, a cross line or sorry, a finish line. Um, and so mm. I think that paired with the anxiety of like the fear, it's like, I'll just like, whenever I'll feel pain, I'll just get like intense fear of like, this is bad. Like it's still happening. Like, and we still don't know why it's happening and that's really hard. And so anyway, again, I haven't really besides with, you know, close friends and stuff had a way to really haven't known how to communicate that. And cause again, it's not really fun Mm. to be like, 
my body sucks and my mind sucks. Basically, the whole thing that makes up a person <laughs> is not, it's not, <laughs> it's not at full capacity. And so, again, I am, I'm looking at our show length and I'm like, dear God, this show's so long. <laughs> and the back half of it is just me talking about whatever boring crap. But I did want to, um, I don't know. For for those who listen, which again are a lot of friends and family, I, I kind of was like, I guess this is the platform where I could state my piece um, and <laughs> be honest in the hopes that, you know, hearing someone else's story <laughs> and pain could encourage people who perhaps are experiencing the same. Because again, like I know we all put forth our brave face and I know I do. Um, cause again, I think it would be weird to be on Instagram and be like, yo, what's up? My balls hurt and my brain's broken. Hit that slack button, baby. Um, but you can only do it for so long. And I think that's why I've crashed the hardest I've crashed is because I, I just pretend and I want to be okay and, and all that stuff. But then that itself is exhausting. Um, and it's hard to pursue intimacy. It's hard to pursue transparency and it takes a lot of effort but i realized i've Mm -hmm. I've been slacking in that regard and i don't mean like if you don't talk about it publicly you're a coward or whatever but i just mean like i just realized i'm not strong enough to do it (laughs) anymore Mm -hmm. and so um with the specific context of the coronavirus lots of feelings mental health month yeah i just wanted to say like I feel like I'm someone who holds it together pretty well. I put out a lot. We make a podcast together. We make a comic together. You know, I do mm-hmm. things with people. Uh, I feel like I'm a good friend. And so to say all those things can be true and also all this other stuff can be happening simultaneously, that freaks me out in relation to what everyone else must be going through. So to, to end yeah. this long statement, I just say that to hope that that can be encouraging and I can't solve any of anyone's individual problems. I'm imperfect. I might not be the best listener. Sometimes I'm like Jack from Lost where I just want to fix things. Um, I think that just may be an inherently male issue. We apologize. I apologize on behalf of our, our race. Um, Gender. No, we're a race. No, <laughs> you're right. Uh, the male race. I thought it sounded funny. Um, but, uh, if if there's anyone who, you know, if, if this was encouraging to you or if you have not had that, you know, um, outlet to talk about embarrassing stuff or whatever, feel free to message me. Again, I can't promise that I will respond in a perfect way, um, but I, you're definitely not talking to someone who is uh, uninformed or, you know, unfamiliar with pain or, um, you know, sorrow even, because again, I think it, for me, I get sad a lot just thinking about how I wish <laughs> things were. And again, I don't mean in terms of my mm. career. I just, a lot of times go, why do I have to have random pain? That's not fixable. Or why do like, why does my brain have to <laughs> right. do things that make relationships hard or make creating hard or yada, yada, yada. And so, um, I don't mean this to be a swan song, like, all right, and that's, and then I'll never talk about this again. But like you said, Noah, when you hear people be transparent, it does do something. And 
I knew if I mm. held back in any regards that that would be lame. And so again, I hate that now on the internet, <laughs> you just hear me talk about my balls for a long time. But it's like, I was like, <laughs> because that is the most embarrassing thing <laughs> that mm. I hate and is a consistent burden to where I even like cancel plans sometimes because randomly they hurt. <laughs> Calling them they yeah. is strange. I don't like it. Um, I know I had to choose it because I'm sure there's other people who haven't really embarrassing stuff. And so... Humming fools, baby. We 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 keep going, and um, it's worth it. I love it. And I'm gonna sip my beer now. Well, and and part of the reason Kyle left that for the end is to find out who our true fans are. So if you made it this far, please mention this issue in comments <laughs> or directly to Kyle Mail would be preferred, or to or to other people. You know, if you're trying to sell them on the show, listen to this uh, ball section. You know, things like. That. <laughs> We'll we'll make it a little clip of it and put it on. Yeah, that'll be that'll <laughs> that'll be our seconds. recast. It'll just cut straight to this, so that That's way right. people go. I need to get to the part where Kyle talks about balls again. I'm not trying to be <laughs> crass. It's just you got to find humor in it. You got to no, know that it is yeah. what it is. We we humans yeah. have genitalia um, and mine hurts. No, there you go. Uh, well, I am very very proud of you, and I love you, and thank you for sharing all of this. Um, thank you to everyone who did make <laughs> it this far and listened to Kyle bear his soul and uh, his body. Yep. And uh, yeah, I mean, we're all uh, things go wrong, and it's good to talk about them, you know. And 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 if someone else is going through the same thing, then you know you might be helping them out just by saying that it's happening to you, and they'll be like, oh. It's less embarrassing now that it's happening to someone else. And they're fine and I'm fine and we'll keep going. That's right. Again, if you're if you're sticking your stuff in a weird jar of what did we say, bacteria or whatever, <laughs> you bacteria, kind of deserve yeah. that. And so I won't really have sympathy <laughs> if that's the case. But yeah, like there's a lot of things that are uncontrollable for us. And so uh, like we said at the beginning, give yourself grace where you need to and get yummy people like Noah to listen and accept you and it will help. <laughs> <laughs> and get yourself a podcast where you can reveal all the juicy right. details. <laughs> well, this is officially our longest episode. So we we're gonna, oh. we're gonna skedaddle. Felt like <laughs> Shut it. Shut up. <laughs> I got one more thing I want to talk about. Oh, no, um, no. Listeners. Right. Thank you for, no, I was joking. Yeah. Listeners. Thank you for, uh, listening um and um i hope that regardless of where you are who you are that um things either are well for you or that if they're not that they turn around and if not that you're able to endure (laughs) because sometimes that's all that you can do and that itself is admirable I don't know when we're going to, besides the next week interview, which again is going to be an interview with John Langan. So look forward to that. But besides that, I don't know what's coming next, but just stay on the lookout. We will communicate and just stay sexy and give us grace, baby. That's our, that's our new tagline. Stay sexy. Yeah, and give we're, us grace. We're, we're, we're done with uh, keep on humming and keep on fooling. It's, we're going to replace it with stay sexy right. and give us grace. That's yeah. our sign off. All right, Noah. Well, I'll get let you get you. I'll let you get to the evening that I stole, and um, I hope that uh, it's gone. (laughs) I hope you have a good rest of your week. All right, you too, man. Bye.